Hi, I'm Luke. And I'm Kaylin. And, and this, this is, is Death, Death Row, Row Dialogue. Dialogue. This is a true crime podcast where we talk about death row inmates. This is one of our special out-of-state episodes. So, do you want to guess? Where are we going? Yeah. What did I say last time? Alabama? I don't remember. Mm-hmm. That was a long time ago. Okay. Maybe, uh, is it a new one? Yep. One we haven't done? Correct. Minnesota? No, Maryland. Oh. And a little shout out to Maryland. Out of the last five episodes, they have listened, I think there was like nine listens or something in the last five. Um, And they were more than Texas. Oh, nice. Yeah. Um, So it was Maryland and then Texas and then California was right behind them. Oh, okay. So California, if you want to hear one, you better step it up a little. Because Maryland is on a roll. Just keep it on a loop on your computer. (laughs) I don't care if you listen to it. I just... You need to play it. Yeah, just play it. And maybe a few times. And then go on Spotify and comment and tell us how great we are. Even if you didn't listen. I won't know. Luke won't know. (laughs) Who will know? Only you. Um, And so I will say if Marilyn keeps it up, I will have my work cut out for me. There's only about four or five. Death rows? Yeah. Oh, okay. In Maryland, which I honestly didn't expect any. I just feel like uh, northern states that I just I just figure I won't have any. More progressive? I just I guess I've always just had in my head that southern states are more like, kill them. <laughs> and Yeah, yeah. Sounds about right. Northern states are just not. Like, you know, Colorado had they had one. Yeah. You know? So But we are in Maryland and it is about John Frederick Thanos. I thought you were going to laugh at his name. Oh. I was waiting. I've never heard a name like that. I mean, Thanos is... Yeah, that's why I thought you would laugh. They stole it from... Marvel stole it from this. Well, I hope people at home laughed because I was counting on it. (laughs) That's your big punchline (laughs) here. So, he was born on March 28th of 1949. He was born to John Stephen and Patty Thanos in... Dunbalk, Maryland. And it was interesting because he took his mom's last name, not his dad's, which I think is very interesting. You know? This doesn't usually happen. I mean, it. Excuse me. Um, if they weren't married or something, you know? I guess I just feel like it's so unusual hmm. for a child to take the mom's last name even if they're not married yeah you know maybe he had a brother who already had a kid maybe he liked the name thanos better it's better than steven if you ask me (laughs) but i feel like uh, it's really hard to beat thanos so but his dad was described as mentally a mentally ill world war ii vet who severely abused john and drugged his wife occasionally yeah maybe that's why he took (laughs) Yeah, maybe he was, like, not there for the birth, and she was like, you're not getting his last name. Hello? Chat? <laughs> Momo, we're busy. So, his father um, was very abusive. Um, there were a few times that were noted, like, he had punched him in the groin and once twisted his arm until he cracked a bone. I don't know what ages these were at, 
Um, but John was then expelled from school and spent many years in and out of prison for various crimes. I never got a full rundown of the crimes. It just said different ones. But I do have um, more like broad, no, detailed criminal history. So were were those juvenile, and maybe that's why. Yeah, maybe maybe that's what it was. Um, but so on October of 1969, he assaulted and raped a woman in Rosedale, Maryland, sentenced to 21 years in prison. At trial, he threatened the judge and attempted to break out of prison in 1971. He did escape, but was caught shortly after. So, and that was when he was 20. Uh, and then they paroled him. He was released in April of, you know, it was coming. Yeah. In April of 1986, but returned a month later after he committed an armed robbery at a convenience store. He was sentenced to eight years. Then on April 15th, 1990, which was only four years after he went to prison again for the armed robbery, halfway through his sentence, John was released accidentally due to a mistake by a prison official. What? Yeah. That's crazy. So I don't know what the mistake was. Like maybe they released the wrong person. Maybe they had like close to the same names. Maybe he, like John said like, oh, I'm who you're looking for. And the prison guard was like, okay. Yeah, he just went up. To go. Yeah. The prison guard was fired. Oh, I would imagine so. Yeah. So, upon release, John worked as a bricklayer and then a chicken processor in Salisbury. In 1990, which was the same year that he was released, he exposed himself to a woman who gave him a ride. And then he went on a crime spree because he exposed himself to this woman and she said, I'm gonna tell the police on you. And... He freaked out because he was on parole, so he was scared of it being revoked. So that is when he went on his crime spree, which is what got him on death row. So, are you ready for... This is already insane. Like, these people getting off so many times with, like, no... And this one's even crazier because he got out by accident. Yeah. Yeah, he escaped from prison once. And then he's accidentally let out. And then... And he spent most of his life in prison at this point. Yeah. And so then he's like, well, I'm not going back. I'm just going to go on a crime spree. Yeah. But also, in that same thought process, what is your idea after the crime spree? Like, are you planning on killing yourself so that you're not going to go back to prison? Are you just hoping they don't catch you? I just feel like that's the opposite thing that you're trying to do if you're trying not to go back to prison. Right. I feel like if you're you going to... want to not get caught. And, like, lay low. Right. Like, and if you're doing crimes, it's, like, petty things that... Not murdering people. <laughs> so, the crime spree started on August 29th, 1990. So, he was re- released in April of 1990, and he started his crime spree August of 1990. It was um, started in Baltimore County, Maryland. He quit his job and brought and bought a 22 caliber semi-auto rifle. He sawed the barrel down so that he could fit the weapon into a black doctor's bag that he carried with him. Which makes me think of like the really like 
old-timey doctors, you know, that would, like, do house calls. Yeah. So I guess it was just like that, that he yeah. carried a sawed-off rifle in. And then two days later, on August 31st, he met 18-year-old Greg Taylor while walking. He held him at gunpoint while in his car and ordered him to drive to a wooded area where he was going to tie him to a tree. So John was basically just trying to steal his car. And I was like, drive me to this wooded area and I'm going to tie you up to a tree and I'm going to take your car. And when Greg wouldn't comply, John laid him down and then shot him three times in the head and then stole his car. He then altered his appearance to look more like him. So he shot this 18 year old because he just wanted his car. And then the next day on September 1st, he got to a gas station and met Billy Winnebretter, who was 16 years old, who he made a trade with of his father's watch for $20 and some gas. So he gave Billy, who was 16, his father's watch and was like, hey, will you give me $20 and pay for my gas in Greg's stolen car? And then he was like, I will return with $60 and I'll get the watch back from you. And I think Billy was the gas station attendant. Okay. So, yeah, John was like, I'll come back in a few days with $60 and then you can give me my watch back. Billy's like, okay, yeah, whatever. The next day, um, on September 2nd, he robbed a convenience store in Salisbury and stole $96 and shot the clerk in the head and the clerk survived. I never got the clerk's name, but she survived. The next day on September 3rd, John returned to Billy, who was with 14-year-old Melody Pistano. And Melody was his girlfriend. So Billy was working at the gas station and Melody had come up to like hang out with him on a shift, you know, cause he was bored. So John goes back to get his watch with the money he just got from robbing a different convenience store. And Billy didn't have it because Billy had given it to Melody and Melody had left it at home in her jewelry box. And so John became enraged, robbed the store at gunpoint and then fatally shot both of them in the head twice. So on September 4th, he was spotted by Salisbury police matched the and he matched the description of an armed robbery suspect. The police pulled him over, but as soon as police approached him, he began shooting at them, causing them to return fire. No one was hit, and John drove away, abandoning the car near the woods and fled on foot. He then flagged down somebody and forced his way into the vehicle, taking the driver as a hostage. The driver obeyed and drove him out of state. The pair headed to Delaware, where a Smyrna officer saw them. The officer surrounded the vehicle in a parking lot and the driver ran away. Um, John then shot at officers again and the shootout began in the parking lot. Um, John didn't surrender until he had emptied his gun. No one was hit though and on September 5th, Delaware PD handed him over to Maryland PD. So that was the end of his... Crime spree? Reign of terror. Um, that's a, I wonder why he robbed these other convenience stores and shot them. But he didn't with the kid he traded his watch to. Yeah. At first. I mean, that makes me think, like, he has some kind of moral. Which makes this even worse for me. It's like, you know killing is bad. Like, if you didn't want to rob this kid. 
So, but now you're going to go on it, like, killing spree? Well, and it's just interesting because, like, he comes from a life of crime. He's, that's what he was in prison for when he was accidentally released, was armed robbery of a convenience store. You know? Right. So, yeah, why are you going to make this deal about your watch coming back for it? He's a 16-year-old kid. Yeah, that's all. You know? Like, and, you know, why couldn't, like, did he be like, hey, can you run home and get it? Like, you know? Yeah. Like, can you just go get it for me? Right. So, it gets worse. Like, he, this man is actually insane. I mean, I can tell. So, um, the trial. He agreed to a proposal from his lawyer to record the execution. To show that, because at this point, Marilyn's primary form of execution was the gas chamber. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's crazy. So, the lawyer was like, hey, we're going to record you getting executed in the gas chamber to show that... This is unconstitutional due to it being cruel and unusual. So they submitted this appeal. And I think it was like them trying to scare the state into being like, okay, we'll give you life in prison. And Marilyn returned with, okay, that's fine. We'll change it from the gas chamber to lethal injection. And then it's not as cruel. I mean, I totally agree. Like that's definitely a messed up way to kill someone. Yeah. Like, yeah, he he definitely deserves to be put to death. Like, he he's no good to society. Like, he's going to try and break out of prison, and when he does, he's going to kill more people. Yeah. So, I think the clear choice here is to, to, to put him to death. I mean, unfortunately, but that's well, what has and- to happen. But at the same time, a gas chamber is... Like, I feel like it would take you a long time to die, and it would be very painful. And I don't know the last time they had used the gas chamber, because this was the first execution since they reinstated the death penalty in 1972. And this was in the 90s. So they hadn't executed anyone in 20 years. So I would be interested that if if the people from Maryland keep listening and I get to where I ran out of people with lethal injection, if I go back... And see if they were actually executing with the gas chamber or if that was just... A scare tactic? Yeah. Yeah. So, there were two mental health experts during the trial that said that John Thanos suffers from borderline personality disorder characterized by poor self-identity, impulsive rages, and self-mutilation. So, they confirmed that he had issues. Yes. And they, he was like an, like a deranged person during his trial, like outbursts, not being compliant. He called the state attorney a quote, hysterical woman and said that he cast a spell on her, of cancer on her female organs. He told that to the district attorney that he cast a spell of cancer on her female organs. That's insane. <laughs> yeah. Like, and you think you're not going to get the death penalty? Yeah. Um, and then he called the victim's family cowards for not trying to kill him in revenge. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Like, during the trial, was, like, screaming at them. Yeah. Well, I don't know. For me, that, that feels like a win for the family. Because it's like, 
obviously he doesn't want this, you know. Mm. He's asking them to kill him, you know so, what I mean? Uh, yeah, it's probably before the whole, like, gas chamber thing happened, before they switched it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, or... Interesting. Um, he then wants his... So his lawyers were obviously trying to, like, build him a case of, like, sympathy. Like, you were abused as a child, you know? And so they were trying to bring it up in court, and he started, like, screaming at them. Like, he was like, I'm not talking about this. And he was a hostile defendant and during the trial told the judge that wished he could kill two of them again. And I guess the two would be Billy and Melody because those are two that were killed together. Yeah. So when the judge asked his preference of life in prison with possibility of parole or death. So the judge asked him like, which would you rather have life in prison without possibility of parole or death? He responded with life in prison with possibility of escape. That's what he told the judge. That's exactly what I was thinking. Yeah. I mean, he's done it twice. Mm-hmm. I mean, the second one, you say, like, you know, it was, he, it was an accident, but it's like he probably had, you know. Some kind of. He knew he wasn't supposed to get out. Yeah. So. And then at the trial, he taunted the family saying, I'm going to quote this. This is what he said to the families during the trial. I don't believe I could satisfy my thirst yet in this. In this matter, unless I was able to dig those brats' bones up out of their graves right now and beat them into a powder and urinate on them, and then stir it into a murky yellowish elixir and serve it up to those loved ones. That's what he said to the families during trial. And that was mentioned in, like, every single news article. Yeah, pretty wild thing to say. To so messed up to say. And, like, everyone that he killed were children. The oldest was 18. He killed oh. a 14-year-old, a 16-year-old, and an 18-year-old. Okay. Well, never mind. I was talking about morals for a second. Yeah. No. He's crazy. No. So, um, he waived his appeals and refused to fight the death sentence. So, after he got it, he was like, whatever. Well, see, th this almost seems like a case where I want him to stay alive. Because it's like, this, you obviously want to be put to death. Mm-hmm. I think you should suffer. Like him saying the thing about to the families and then him refusing to do the appeals. Appeals, yeah, yeah. It all seems like he's just trying to get it over with. So, the execution. Most of the executions, at least in Texas, they are released beforehand. Like, we're executing so-and-so on this day. And then, you know, they'll have protesters come up or the victim's families will come up. And it's not like that in Maryland. There was a law passed in Maryland in 1922 forbidding advanced public notice of executions. And this was because hangings in Maryland became such spectacles. And during one hanging, the spectators broke through a fence and plucked sub the subject's hair and clothes to take home as souvenirs. After they were hung? I guess during. That's okay. Yeah. So that's why in Maryland they don't say when somebody's gonna be put to death. Their hair? Yes. What? Their hair and their clothes. Of just a mob. I mean clothes if if they're wearing like a nice watch or something, like I'm not saying it's right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying they were they hadn't It's in well yeah. When was the last hanging? Like it was well, Wild this, West is well, what I always think of. Nineteen twenty two. So, like, flapper days. <laughs> yeah, they were pretty wild back then. So, I mean, but that's when the, the law, like, went into effect. 
I don't know when they stopped doing actual hangings. I thought it was before 1922, but I guess not. So he was executed on May 17th of 1994. He was the first person in Maryland to be executed since 1961. And he was the first lethal injection. He was 45 years old, had no special last meal, and his last word was adios. And that is the first execution in Maryland since 1972. Wow. That one is terrifying. We've had a couple of these where someone just goes on rampage and it's like, like if you run into this person, it doesn't matter what you do. doesn't matter what you say. Yeah. You know? Right. And that's kind of scary thing. It's like, this you'll probably never run into this person, but I guess there's always a chance that there's a crazy person with a gun. Yeah. And guys, if you're not following our Facebook, like you need to go follow it. It's Death or Dialogue on Facebook. And it has our picture that's on our Spotify on it. And his mugshot is crazy. Like, I looked at it, and I thought he was, like, an 80-year-old man, like, wearing, like, a bald cap. And oh. he has, like, these big, crazy glasses. How but old was he? 45. During this mugshot? I don't know how old he was on the mugshot, but he died. I was, like, he only died when he was 45. But he looked crazy? Oh, yeah. He looked crazy. Like, I'm not saying bald people look crazy, <laughs> but this one did. I mean, if you don't take care of yourself and you're in jail... He did not shine his bald head. It looked... and it, But, like, the picture that I saw, it kind of looks like there's, like, little tufts, like, by his ears. So that's why it looks like he's wearing a bald cap. Uh-huh. Maybe he was going for swimming or something. <laughs> but this picture is crazy. So y'all have to go to the Facebook and look at it. Marilyn, I'm holding you to it. Also, side note, Marilyn, you better listen to this episode. Because in the past, people, when I've made an episode for their state, they don't even listen to it. Well, you have to wait. You have to give them some time. I gave you seven days. Seven days. To listen to this episode. the next episode is out, we're going to yell at you if you haven't listened. I get, like, pretty excited. I'm like, oh, I'm so excited for them to hear the episode that's specifically for them. For them, yeah. And then I look at it, and I'm like, wah, wah, wah. I mean, I still like it either way. I enjoy No, yeah, I do too. Listening and... And... I feel like other, like we were saying um, before, like Texas, I feel like they got a little like death row happy. Other states, I feel like they have higher standards. Right. Like you have to be like. Worthy of the gas chamber. Yeah. Pretty messed up. (laughs) Which is wild. So, and that's like another thing that's interesting is before, um, I don't remember what state it was. Maybe it was Georgia that they were using the electric chair. Yeah. And so. That was crazy. Yeah. So we will see if Marilyn keeps it up and if next week we'll be doing Marilyn again. I go off the last five episodes, so I don't just go off the last episode. Right. So listen to all the last five episodes and it might be whatever state you're in. We will talk to you next week. Yep. Thank you for listening. Bye, guys. Bye.